Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Oh, hey, Jay. Nice of you to join us for the podcast recording. I'm so sorry, Q. Uh, I ran downstairs for a quick drink. I got distracted uh, by some family stuff. Listen, okay? Listen, Jay. I just need you to get your shit together. Okay, get it all together and put it in a backpack, all of your shit, so it's together. And if you gotta, like, take it somewhere, just take it somewhere, you know? Like, just take it to the shit store and sell it or put it in a shit museum. I don't care what you do with it. Just, you, you gotta get your shit together. Just, just get your shit together, Jay! Hi. Uh, five? Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All right. Do you have your shit together, Jay? I'm scared, man. I, I actually have a little bit of shit in my pants. Uh, I mean, it's 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 together, but it's just in my pants. Perfect. Great. Sorry, just I made a, you so mad. Dollop. No, it's okay. I was just. Uh, I don't know if you know, but. Uh, when I get mad, I usually use monologues from the Rick and Morty show it's to just express a, my frustration. It's a little dollop of Jay-Z in my pants. <laughs> gross. I know. That sounds well, super it's a gross. dollop of Jay-Z, the rapper. In oh, my pants. got it. Yeah. How did he get in there? Is that kind of like the Animal Cracker situation with Liv Tyler? It's sort of Armageddon? like the Animal Cracker situation. It's more like an Anatomy Park type of situation. Got it. So like got Jay-Z it. got shrunk down, put in me, and then now he's dolloped out into my pants. I got a little dollop of Jay-Z. Just Gross. a dollop of Jay-Z. Hove. Hova. <laughs> Throw your diamonds in the air. It makes your duty twinkle. <laughs> Show me what you got. <laughs> so, hey, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, man. I'm are doing you, well. And how, are you excited? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Are you excited to talk about Rick and Morty? Man, I am. I hope people have picked up so far that uh, by this time in the episode uh, that we are talking about Rick and Morty. And again, everybody, welcome back to an all-new episode of High Five, colon, the podcast. Now on the Project Nerd Network. Heck yeah. People know that by now, but we're going to keep saying it because we're still there. They tweet haven't kicked at, us out yet. <laughs> we want you guys to tweet it, Project Nerd. We want you to Facebook message Project Nerd. We want you to Instagram post on Project Nerd. We want them to we want you to tell them how excited you are that they added us to their lineup because it's a huge win for them. Let's be honest; that's a it's a big it's, get. It's huge. Um, I mean, but, they are so lucky. <laughs> and just in, in in all fairness and in all honesty, everybody, when you just like when you're searching for us and you use high five colon the podcast when you're searching for Project Nerd, the hyphen. Project hyphen nerd. You can find them. It's going to be great. But make that, that hyphen's in there. So, so yeah. keep that in mind. Keep Just just get your shit together. You know, fans. the Project Nerd, that's why we work so well together. The Project Nerd family and the High Five family, real big on punctuation. We can't exist without it. Just real honest. big on it. We're big fans of punctuation. Super punctual. Nope. Pugnacious punctuation. 
That's us. High five the that's, podcast. That's, that's, that's why people tune in is because our grammar is impeccable. <laughs> Impunctuable. All right. So no, that was terrible. <laughs> so Rick and Morty. Man, uh, such we, a good show. Why we are we talking try- about it? Yeah, we were trying to come up with a topic for this week. And we realized that, you know, what we hadn't done in a while is a TV themed top five list. That's right. Um, so we kind of thought we racked our brains. We were like, of course, we could ri- uh, list the top five episodes of Lassie because that's an amazing show. It needs to be of, talked about. Of course, about. we could talk about the top five episodes of Chernobyl because there were five of those. Yep. We could <laughs> we could rank them in order of uh, uh, chrono- chronological <laughs> accurateness. <laughs> We could we could rank all the cast members of Stranger Things. Yeah. Talk I was trying that. to go with you didn't follow my lead. I was trying to go with like shitty shows that no one would care about. Oh. Okay. But instead you're <laughs> yeah, I'm going straight to Stranger you're like Things. like picking the most like influential people are probably like, "Yeah, that actually sounds like a pretty good why didn't you do that episode?" <laughs> That's why I led with Lassie or uh we were thinking of ranking the top 5 episodes of uh Parker Lewis can't lose. Right. We were really wanting to do the top five guest stars of Lancer, Rick Dalton being the number one. Right. Uh, we were trying to list the top five uh, poop jokes in television history. Ooh, that's that would be that would be that's tough. actually a pretty good episode. Now yeah, I'm pulling my... I'm pulling a J. That no, actually I... sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does. We should but, do that one. But what we landed on everybody is because. There is a season four coming out of Rick and Morty. Soon. Uh, soon. Uh, do we know the actual release date? I don't think I do. Uh, um, yes, I will tell you, but you keep going. Okay, so so we know that's coming out. They've been teasing it at Comic-Cons. They've been teasing it online. I think even at some point they released like a full episode and then pulled it back, or maybe that was at a con. Um, but we are huge, huge, huge fans of what Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon are doing. We're fans of Dan Harmon outside of Rick and Morty and Justin Roiland. Um, and so with Rick and Morty season four coming down the pike towards us, we wanted to go back in time, similar to how Rick and Morty do, and actually talk about the episodes of the Rick and Morty show that make us laugh the most, that are the most influential, and the ones that just, you know, change the world. It's in November. Okay, they so They haven't real given soon. us the date, but they said November 2019, the show's coming back. Oh, sweet. I hope it's like a Thanksgiving thing. Oh, wait. I do have the date. November 16th. No, it's not a Thanksgiving thing. Ruined. Ruined my idea. <laughs> uh, but we love Rick and Morty. We love Mortary. Mortuary. We love Rick and Mortuary. We uh, love Rick and Mortuary. I remember when this... Okay, so here's the deal. I have a contentious relationship with Adult Swim content. Really? Uh, why? Why? I mean, I'm uh, not that I disagree, but I'm now curious because sure. this is something I didn't know about you. Some of it I enjoy. Sure. Uh, but a lot of it I don't. A lot of it I don't get, and I feel like, honestly, some of their stuff is like shock for shock value without content to back it up. Let the co okay. I, I now I really want to. I don't want to dive too deep into this, but like, what sure. are some of the ones on Adult Swim that you like, and what are some of the ones that you don't? Because I'm curious okay. on uh, where the line is. So, I think they have a show called The Adventures of Mr. Pickles or something like that about a dog who basically is like Satan. Okay. Um, it's fine. It's really okay. not, not very funny, but it is super gory and super like. Fucking Satan! Is like, that kind of like stuff. a like super jail that they have on there? Yeah, kinda. Or and uh, it's like, I get, 
I get the joke. Well, okay, I do like Metalocalypse though. So let's let's excise that from this <laughs> conversation. Exercise, I think. Um, I the uh, no excise is right. No, excise I know. I just remo- ex- oh exercise because of the devil thing. I was like, oh, got it, clever. You Not exercise, exorcise. Right. I was thinking exercise, and I was like, we're gonna work it out. Like, what yeah, we are. T- um, Bench pressing. It's just not uh, – so that's that's definitely one. Uh, I think another one is uh, – I'm trying to think here. Like where do you um, land on things like uh, Aqua Teen Billies, Hunger Force I don't think Billies. is very funny. Squidbillies Squid is the one where I sort of lost it. Right. Um, it's fine. There are aspects – and that's the problem. I feel like sometimes the uh, Adult Swim lineup is like – the jokes from Family Guy that go on too long. Sometimes, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a clever concept for, like, a short or, like, a one or two episode thing. But you're trying to make – you're trying to cash in on this, like, bizarre uh, realm mm-hmm. is, like, what you're trying to pan – It oh, okay, that's it. It feels like you've gone out of being creative and now you're pandering – to the people who just want to see weird out there shit. Like, oh, this doesn't even have to make sense. Let's just show him, like, some dude ripping his face off. And then, like, <laughs> another person comes along and, like, shits in his mouth. <laughs> Hilarious, right? That's Hilarious. Like, and then they both fuck a nun, right? Because that's, like, that's like cutting that edge. Weird? And people, people get offended by that, right? And then the nun has a baby, and that baby is actually Satan. And then it turns out that you've been watching the baby the whole time, and it just loops back around, and the baby tears its face off, and then somebody shits in its mouth. And it's like, I don't fucking understand at I'm any point what you're talking I'm actually pretty sure that anymore. is an episode of Super Jail that you just described. Thank you. That's, that's kind of what I'm saying. So, all right, that being said, I feel like that kind of sets a tone yeah. for where I'm at on Adult Swim humor and kind of maybe explains one of the reasons I love Rick and Morty so much is because I think it is smarter than almost anything else on television. <laughs> See, the, and that's uh, I'm really glad that we actually went through kind of the Adult Swim thing cuz I will say I I agree with you. I you know, I remember when Adult Swim was kind of starting, I would watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force or um you know, uh Space Ghost Coast to Coast, sure. uh, the Family Guy reruns. But once it started getting into kind of the Squidbillies territory, I lost interest. I kind of fell off at that point and haven't really kept up. Now, there were shows like Sea Lab 2020 or The Venture Brothers that would ape kind of those old Hanna-Barbera-style cartoons that that I enjoyed and appreciated. Even some that I really, really wanted to like, like uh, the Mike Tyson mystery team. Sure. Stuff that's so bizarre, you're like, oh, okay. But to your point, it almost works better as a short. Like the things that Adam Scott does for Adult Swim where he's, you know, making uh, like scene-for-scene recreations of old 80s intros – are hilarious, but those are you know fifteen twenty minute shorts or the too many cooks thing was oh brilliant. man too many cooks was brilliant and it is one of those just like so bizarre, but but the the thing about Rick and Morty that I love is that it has the same sort of gross shock the cuff shock value elements as some of those other shows, but it's wrapped in a wrapper that it might be the smartest show on television. Right. Which is a weird juxtaposition. For sure. Definitely. And 
I think a lot of that comes from, and like we'll kind of let's kind of work backwards here. Sure. We'll deconstruct it. I think a lot of that comes from Dan Harmon. Yes, I would agree. Who also one of I think the mo- the smartest shows on television wa- was Community. Yes. Um, At least with structure and form and like how he knew that he was making a television show and just, yeah. And I would say, honestly, you can see the fingerprints of that all over Rick and Morty as well. They understand their construct. They understand their story. They understand what people expect. They know how to subvert that and they can play with the form in a cartoon series. And I feel like that, I feel like. Rick and Morty is what Family Guy dreamed of being. Oh, man. Well, <clears throat> and I'm sure Seth MacFarlane would, would say no, fuck that you. we never wanted to be <laughs> He'd that probably smart. say, hey, hey, fuck you, Q. <laughs> That's probably true. But he's like, oh, we never wanted to be that smart. But I would agree that the playing with form, spoofing genre, uh, like meta in-jokes and pop culture references, they wish they could operate at that level. Right, and I feel like, um, and once again, it, it may sound like I'm awfully like shitting on quite a lot of shows here. They those are all enjoyable in their own kind of rights and what they do. I I loved Family Guy. I will say this: for the first like three or four seasons of Family Guy, I was a huge Family Guy fan. Mm-hmm. I was one uh, of the guys that wanted him to come back. You know, I bought the DVDs when after they got canceled totally. that first time Same. and and like supported them and wanted them to be Same. back and was happy when they came back right. and I will also uh stress that much of my watching of Family Guy was under the influence of marijuana back I in the day. I think many people's many people's was so I don't I also don't know how much that also helped my enjoyment of Family Guy. I have tried in recent years to go back and revisit Family Guy and I find it less enjoyable now than I did at the time. You know, and I I will say that too. And honestly, I wonder, you know, and we can I don't know if this will tie back to Rick and Morty, but one of the things is that, you know, there are kind of those and I don't want to those cultural icon shows. Like when Family Guy did come out, it was pushing boundaries it was doing things that kind of other shows weren't doing and now that sort of become commonplace and when i go back to newer episodes of family guy or even older episodes of family guy it's not as impactful and i believe that that's part of the reason um and also any show that's around for like 20 years is gonna have elements of stasis so can we say too though that the show pushed boundaries when it first came out but uh, then became just a show to push boundaries. Yes. Like mm-hmm. it, they solely started doing things. So many people, I'm, I can feel their fingers on the keyboard ready to tweet hate at me for this next statement I'm about to make. I will argue one of the second smartest cartoon series on television would be South Park. As... Yeah, as crazy as that sounds, because so many people are going to be, well, they're also just dick and fart and butt jokes. No, they're not, though. They're really not. And they yeah. have also kind of hit on this perfect way to um, mirror things that are happening in our mm-hmm. life and times and kind of regurgitate it in a 
like boiled down to its lowest common denominator yes. way kind of thing. Well, and and the an episode I would point to that that is a good representation of that is if you think South Park doesn't have anything to say and is just dick and fart jokes, go back and watch their episode about the Katrina flooding. And then yeah. the reactions to that. It's a, it's I forget which season it's in, but it's in like 7 or 8, but a town next to South Park gets flooded. Flooded. And then there is rescue efforts and arguments about what should happen and who should put yourself back in the mind frame of what was going on in our country around Katrina and then watch that episode and then tell me it's just dick and fart jokes. It's, exactly. it's impossible to do that. They also have, and Haley and I have talked about this before, maybe one of the best lampoonings of Family Guy that I've ever seen. The dolphins? The, or the dolphin, manatees? Or the, yes, the manatee tank that they yes. just hit balls of random non-sequiturs yes. into... <laughs> Into a generator that then, like, generates the script for a scene for a family guy. <laughs> yes. And it is shockingly accurate how that works. Like, yeah. it does feel like somebody's just, like, random words and a random setting. <laughs> <laughs> and then celebrity, like, B-list celebrity from the 90s. Right. Um and that is, I guess that's my point. That kind of shows that that show can be boiled down to, basically, I don't know that that show is really saying anything anymore. Right. Family Guy, I don't think, is saying anything. That's part of my issue with uh, the Adult Swim stuff. I don't think they're saying things anymore. I think it's, uh, several of the shows are just shock value for shock value sake. Yeah. Like, what can we get away with? How many boundaries can we push? How out? How totally weird and non sequitur can we make our thing? Right. But so, we have no point for it. And so now I want to loop that back into our Rick and Morty conversation yeah, because please. obviously Rick and Morty does random things. They do silly non sequiturs. They do. Totally. There's one episode where, uh, and we'll talk about it, but Rick turns himself into a pickle. Yes. And you would think to yourself, well, that just seems like it could be generated from a random generator in a manatee tank. Yep. But <laughs> there is a direct purpose for Rick turning himself into a pickle that he then goes through the rest of the episode getting to the explanation of for the audience. Yep. And it's incredibly honest and heartfelt and probably more poignant than a lot of what happened on, like, actual after-school specials. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Okay, and you just hit it. One of the things is, Jay, you know when you and I write stuff, right? I we do. write with the mindset that despite how cool or funny something may be that we want to put into a script or scenario, our rule of thumb is, does it serve the story? Right. Does it have a point? And if it doesn't, as hilarious as our jokes may be, and trust me, they are. They're, oh, man, world class. We cut it. And the reason we cut it is because there's no point for it. We're just right. making a joke or a setting for a setting or scenario's sake. And Rick and Morty has, yeah, it has these jokes, but ultimately they all operate on the same thematic level. Like, it's still a joke that is helping to tell the story that is yes. being told. And that is where my... On, and you may think people may listen and go, wow, these guys are really fucking fanboying out about Rick and Morty. I think there's a difference 
uh, between fanboying out and we're taking a deep dive on the logic behind this show. Right. And it's a very fucking as illogical as it seems. It's a very logical show. Well, and that's and that and going back to I think that all breaks back down to the relationship between Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland because just like you had mentioned, you can see those footprints in community. So like when, you know, back when Dan Harmon was doing community, you could see that while there a lot of some episodes were complete spoofs of westerns or it was a genre spoof of a documentary type film, everything about either the gimmick or the framing device or the character actions always went back to serve some core line or core element of that story and what was trying to be expressed, whether it was Jeff learning about how to, you know, work as a group or work with people or, you know, not be as cool as he thought it was, or whether it was Troy pushing the boundaries of his insecurities and actually coming to grips with he's not a he's not an athlete and what is he now? Like who is he if he's not the athlete that he thought he was. Everything always goes back to serving the characters. And and the best shows on television do this. Like you can look back at, you know, Parks and Rec or The Office or Friends or even Cheers. Everything that those characters do is serving their central theme as a character and then the the archetype or the gear that they that they operate in, in the machine. So, you know, whereas the family guy and not to knock them, cause I was a huge fan of them and still enjoy their shows, but family guy's a good example or squid Billies. Those, those characters can be anything in any episode, as long as it serves the, the joke or makes like a giggle monster. But in the Simpsons, Bart only acts like Bart would act. Right. And Homer only acts like Homer would act. Now they can grow and they can change and they can be in wacky situations, but they act the way that they would act and it serves the story, not just serves the joke. Right. And I think that that's a hard line for some people to draw is do we serve the joke because it's funny and clever or do we serve the characters in the story that we've created? And then the best shows, like Rick and Morty, can do yep. both. Exactly. Because Rick is by default an intelligent, self-involved narcissist. For sure. And everything he does is either in direction of that or in opposition of that of being forced to grow. Morty is, in essence, a scared introvert that is being forced into situations that he has no point being in and how he grows in his confidence or how he grows in his character is all related directly to those story threads. Sure. And he always, both of those characters always react true to form in any given scenario. And it is because they act true to form that creates the jokes around the scenarios that they're in right now, because it's a sci-fi show, Anything can happen, and that's exactly. where and that's where Rick and Morty took the step from just great show to brilliant show is because they set it in an environment where literally anything can happen because of multiverses and Rick's intelligence, then the characters are allowed to do whatever they would in ridiculous situations. I mean, I had mentioned friends, but you know, Chandler will always act like Chandler, but there is no way we can see what Chandler would be like 
if he were a pickle transported to a dimension <laughs> of only cats that like to play with pickles. Exactly. We can't exactly. see what that would ha- we can't see what that would be like without it like completely taking you out of the show. Right. The worst we can do to Chandler is give him a flock of seagulls haircut or put him in a box. Exactly. <laughs> But though still funny scenarios. Still funny because it works for that show, but that's why Rick and Morty is able to kind of balance that. We can literally have anything happen, but it will always work. Right. Um, so one of the things that I think hit on Rick and Morty, and we've talked we've talked about this in recent um, episodes as well. We talked about it in this week's other stuff too that came out. Um, right. Is the fact that if you mix things that people know and can relate to and then put it with a new story that you're trying to tell it automatically kind of ingrains this connection like prior to you even having to make a joke or do anything that's Um, why pretty much anytime i deliver bad news to people or am i going to change something i'm like hey everybody you remember how much you like tom hanks Great. I'm going to jail. <laughs> exactly. And they're exactly. like, oh, Tom Hanks. I do love Tom Hanks. Oh, you're going to jail? But, man, I still uh, like Tom I'm glad I'm thinking about Tom Hanks, though. Exactly. And so this show packaged it in a way of doing uh, an obvious direct correlation to Back to the Future. Doc Brown oh, yeah. and Marty McFly. That is who they started out as. There's an original uh, cartoon that kind of spawned all of this called uh, The Adventures of Doc and Marty. Right. Spelled with an H, M A H R T Y. Yeah. Um, that is basically the genesis of these kind of right. characters. And I actually think you did you send me that or point yeah. me in that? I hadn't seen that until you sent it to me, which uh, was awesome. And then um, Justin Roiland, prior to that, has kind of been working in that space. He also had House of Cosmos. That was that was where I first came to know Justin Roiland because that was an internet. Thing that he did. totally and I f- stumbled on House of Cosby's and thought it was so funny and then I noticed the similar animation style in Rick and Morty he definitely has an animation style oh for sure he's got like the weird scribble pupils yep um and everybody kind of has these like blocky bodies with like elongated thin legs and arms yep um it's great it it is definitely great um one of the big differences uh, between Doc and Marty and Rick and Morty um, is the show has uh, Rick Sanchez being the grandfather to Morty. Right. Um, and so it almost opens up even more possibilities. Uh, not almost. It definitely opens up yes. even more possibilities because Rick and Morty are constantly forced to interact with each other. Right. It's not just like a, like a, a Back to the Future situation, whereas Marty helps out Doc and he thinks he's interesting and they're kind of friends in a weird, non-sexual way. This one, <laughs> this one forces them to be together because there's no logical way that these two characters should ever be allowed to be together unless they're related. But also, I was so happy that they made them family because it was able to introduce... Beth and Jerry and Summer. Oh and my god. Jerry is possibly my favorite character. Voiced by the brilliant Chris Parnell. So wonderful. He's ob- he's probably my favorite character in the whole show because he is one of the 
most naive and straight up dumb people on the planet. And he's forced to be around Rick, who is the most intelligent person in any dimension. And he's married to Rick's daughter, which breeds a contentious relationship that is just so wonderful to watch. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, and then you've got uh, Summer, who plays kind of this quintessential. She's she is a she is a character that is in a lot of sitcoms, in right. a lot of kids animated series, which is like that older sister, the mean older sister, like who's the like cool mean who older like, sister is annoyed by her little brother and is always trying to like bust him in his schemes and stuff. You know what I mean? Kind of like um, the character, and I almost wanted to say the character's name was Summer on Phineas and Ferb. Did you ever watch Phineas? Oh, and I Ferb love on? Phineas and Ferb. I think it is Summer. Um, is it their their older sister? I think it is. I'll look who, it up while you're talking about it. But <laughs> who also is basically that character as well, um, and is always trying to and kind of has and has red hair. I think and is kind of always trying to like foil their plots. Yes, yeah, she's always big on busting busting them. Right, I'm gonna bust them. Uh, but you even have that with cartoons like Fairly Odd Parents. Candace. With- Candace, okay. Her name is Candace. But you get that with family or fairly odd parents too, with Vicky, the babysitter, right. always trying to like bust. So this is like a trope that feels comfortable to people. Oh, well, I mean, and and talking about like nostalgia and comfort tropes, I mean this this goes back to even, you know, like weird science. The mean older brother. Exactly. Like it's the mean older sibling that is putting down our character. But uh, Rick and Morty is smart enough to actually have now progressed Summer to be a great character on the show. And that's what I'm saying. That's where – and that's exactly where I was leading, so I'm glad you went there. Um, I felt like that's is, where we were going. Totally. Is that Summer is able to break out of that stereotype, and they are able to grow her and change her by the situations. And that – okay, so, another tangent here. This is no, we need to talk about how the show grows and changes. Like we need, we need to talk about it by situations. This show for an animated series has maybe one of the most rock solid continuities that I have ever seen. Like which should be impossible given everything that's happened. Right. They really lean into the continuity of the show. And even when they're Faced with a situation that should, by all means, change the continuity of the show, they are able, because of their premise, to retcon it midstream, and it still works. One of my famous or one of my favorite scenes and situations is the dance when Rick has created the love <laughs> the potion. Cronenberg. That turns, yeah, and he Cronenbergs everybody, and then. You that that's the episode, and please correct me if I'm wrong. That's the episode where they take the place of their dead Rick and Morty. Yes, bury them in the backyard, and they now exist in that timeline. Okay, so for people who haven't watched Rick and Morty, and by at this point in the episode, I don't know why you're still listening if you haven't. But the the title of that episode cue is Rick Potion Number Nine. Okay, because the premise is Morty wants to ask a girl to a dance and Rick basically creates a love potion. But what it does is it gets into the air or something and everybody in town falls madly in love with Morty. It's because he mixes in praying mantis DNA and they mate for life or something, something like that. 
And so in an effort to counteract the love serum, he creates another serum and it basically escalates down to he makes everybody in the entire universe these horrible, horrible monsters that would be in a Cronenberg body horror movie. So the only way to fix it isn't by he, – he can't fix it. The only way to fix it is he scans the multiverse to find a dimension in which Rick and Morty, their characters, die at a certain moment in time, but everything else is the exact same. So as soon as that death happens, they insert themselves, bury the dead bodies, and just take over their life as if nothing <laughs> were to happen. But the great thing about it, to your point in continuity, in the next season, a whole other season after yes. that— they come back to this because that has now become the reality, and they will mention the fact that they're not from that universe multiple times. Right. And if I if I remember correctly, there's a scene where Rick, I mean, where Morty loses his shit explaining to Summer, like, you don't understand what I've seen. Like, that's, that's I've you buried the bit at the beginning of this episode. That's okay, the episode perfect. that's this from. It's yeah. Oh, that's right. Rick. Get your shit together. He's like, I've buried myself. <laughs> yeah. And then you think about that and we're laughing, but that's such a crazy, grotesque, morbid idea that this show somehow straddles being outrageously funny, but also maybe one of the darkest things I've ever seen. Like well, it deals with some really dark themes. Well, okay, so one of my favorite episodes is Me Seeks and Destroy. Sure, absolutely. And the premise of that episode, well, among other things, is that Rick has a box that will create a, a creature called a Me Seek. And a Me Seek's entire purpose for existing is to an accomplish a single task that you've asked it to do. So the idea is if you don't want to mow the yard, you press the Me Seek's box, a Me Seek pops up, you say, mow the yard. He mows the yard, and then he disappears. Correct. And he can't disappear until he completes the task. And the joke is that Jerry asks Amiseeks to <laughs> help with his golf game. Yep. And because Jerry sucks so much at golf, the Amiseek can't do it. And because he, and he starts to go crazy. So then he uses the box to have more Amiseeks help him make Jerry a better golfer. Yes. Who by that point, Jerry has given up. Right. And because he won't try, the Meeseeks all start to go crazy and then decide that, well, if he's not going to become a better golfer, if he's dead, then that will null out the <laughs> equation. And so thousands of Meeseeks are trying to kill Jerry. Which is, um, it, and it's brilliant. But the like, whole episode is about purpose. It's like, right. what's your purpose? How do you acknowledge your purpose? Can you move beyond what you think your purpose There's, is? One of my favorite lines is uh, from a Mr. Meeseeks in that episode, and he says something to the effect of, Meeseeks aren't made to live this long. Existence is pain. <laughs> yeah. And he's just screaming. Right. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, like, what a horrifying situation for a creature that was designed and developed to <laughs> come in, fix a problem, and leave. They're now forced to exist in right. a world that they don't belong in. So yeah. it is like a horrible uh, – one of the best other – like uh, one of those kind of uh, uh, observations on existence is the butter robot. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Like, why do I exist? 
and he's like to get butter <laughs> and then he's like Aww. what rick says something very like yeah welcome to the like it's very, uh, God, it's very like welcome it. to life, and he's like, oh, right, and he's just like, yeah, that does suck, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, that's how things are. <laughs> and so, and I know we haven't talked about this episode yet. I know we will because we you're gonna rank these at the end. But one of the most brilliant episodes I think they've ever done, and I'm gonna play my hand here a little bit early, is um, Total Rickall. Oh god! With yes. the idea of what memory is and how it's also where you get introduced to Mister Poopy Butthole. It, that's again one of the greatest characters on te- in television history. But the idea of what is memory, how reliable is memory, and how dangerous can memory be? And it's all done in a bottle episode. Which again, I know we've talked about bottle episodes, people. But a bottle episode is where every character in the show is trapped in a single location. Imagine you remember the episode of Saved by the Bell where Zach Morris had to deliver a baby in an elevator. Of course you do. It's that, or like a Thanksgiving episode on Friends where it takes place all in the apartment because they can't leave because Ross because Rachel won't get ready. One, one of something. my favorite recents was uh, Breaking Bad. In oh, the lab, it's called the fly. Episode. The fly, the one that that Ryan Johnson did. Yeah. So, the total recall is basically there are things in the universe in one of the dimensions called memory parasites, yep. and they feed off of creating and manifesting a false memory that you have, and that giving you the ability to live in that memory. So, if you think someone is like bragging about you, or there's this family member that makes you feel really great, or you have a butler. The longer you believe that that is true, the more power they get. And the more they're killing you. And the more they're killing you. And the whole episode just spirals. And and honestly, I think that episode has some of my favorite just like random side characters. Like Sleepy Gary. Sleepy Gary, a photography raptor. Yep. Uh, what is it? Uh, reverse giraffe. <laughs> reverse giraffe. There's one that's just ghost in a jar. <laughs> yeah. But that's the point. So you can still have all of these crazy nonsense, nonsense non sequiturs, but it makes sense. Like it actually drives the story. And then the great twist in that one is that Mr. Poopy Butthole is basically just a talking banana that his name is Mr. Poopy Butthole and he wears a top hat is the real one. <laughs> It's but one of I the love, most ridiculous characters. But I love. Did you? I mean, I'm, I know you've noticed, but in the opening credits of that episode, they actually go back and redo the credits and have Mr. Poopy Butthole, Butthole throughout in all of it. Yes. The credits. Oh, I, I just think like that episode, the way that it plays with memory, the way that it plays with ideas, the the confusion that it gives Jerry um, because of his false memory. Amish cyborg, the fact that that's in there. Oh, my um, God. That one, I think, is one of the smartest ones they've ever done just because of how everything connects. And then they even reference that later. Like, Mr. Poopy Butthole becomes a character for later episodes and has things to do in later episodes. And that was also one of the ones where it forced Jerry and Beth and Summer to be a part of what was going on. Oh, most of the times sure. there's like A stories and B stories and whatever. Um, and one of my favorite B stories ever has to do with Jerry, where he goes to the Jerry daycare. Oh God, yes. Um, there's also uh, what about one of my favorite episodes and and another 
uh, this one focuses more on playing with the form and tropes that you know, but inter- interdimensional television. Oh, right. Uh, yes, let's talk about that one. Um, because talk about wanting a vehicle to house these nonsensical family, family guy-esque jokes, but in a way that actually serves the story. So in, in interdimensional television... Well, they, here, let me ask... Okay. I th- uh, the There's the first two- one, the first one's not called that, is it? I think the first one's called uh, like Ricksy Minutes or or it something. may be, but the second one's called Interdimensional Television Two or something like that. Yeah, it, it's definitely Interdimensional Cable is like the whole premise of the. episode. Is it Ricksy Minutes? Do you want to double check that? Uh, yeah, here while you're explaining Just what so the people- episode is, I'll I'll check and make sure that that's so right. So the concept is that uh, Rick has the technology to be able to view television from any dimension. Right. And there is a great bit where they're basically just showing you TV series and or commercials from other dimensions that don't exist. So you get amazing, weird non sequiturs such as ants in my eyes, Johnson ants in my eyes. Johnson was the one I was hoping you're going to bring up. Um, you also get a commercial for real fake doors. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love the uh, the show. I forget what it's what it is, but it's just a show of like hamsters driving around people butts. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. What about uh, two brothers? Yeah, the well, two brothers who save the universe, but also run a pizza place and a food cart or whatever. And it's okay. So, guys, one of the things that's great about this particular episode is that behind the scenes. Basically, what happened was Justin Roiland got drunk with some of his friends and improved a lot of fake commercials and television right. shows. Now, to be fair, I'm pretty sure they got this idea from us. And to be completely fair, we totally stole it from them. Did we? Because didn't didn't our show start doing that prior to Rick and Morty coming out? I, I don't think so. I think we were like, like interdimensional cable. <laughs> I think we okay. did it on purpose. You might be right. But... Go back and listen to some of our first episodes. Don't mind the terrible audio quality, but if you want to hear some solid improv while maybe under the influence. And who knows? We may bring some of those back, guys. I think we should. Guys, if you want to hear nonsensical improv commercials inserted into our episodes, let us know. Right. But it's Um, it's great like because everything feels so almost on point but so weird. Oh, so but uh, there's ball fondlers, which is basically like the A team. Yeah, but they're like an alligator and like. Uh, what was the? Is it the corn? They're like at this dimension. Everything's exactly the same except people are corn. Right. <laughs> so it's just like a uh, like a a uh, law and order episode that they come across, but it's just people yeah. are corn cobs. Well, what's the, the holios or something like that? Like oh, don't the eat eye my holios. Eye holes. Eye holes. Don't eat my eye holes. Yeah. It's eye hole, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a and he cereal comes and murders people who eat yeah. his eye holes. Oh man. It's so ridiculous. But once again, they can get as weird as they want. But it still serves a purpose in the episode. I'm so glad you brought that up because I want to circle back to another episode that I think is great. Is And it's the one with the Jerry Daycare. So Perfect. the Jerry Daycare is one of my favorite B-plots ever. Um, and it, the premise is that every dimension has a Rick and has a Jerry. And all of the dimensions 
Rick hates Jerry, and there's a daycare that they can bring all the different Jerry's to. Interdimensional so, daycare. Yeah, so Rick can get rid of them and go on adventures. But the adventure that they go on, that's the episode with the fart. Oh, that's right, with Jermaine Clement. Jermaine Clement. the voice of the, the gaseous alien. So so here's here's what happens, is there is an, an interdimensional or interstellar bounty hunter who is going after to kill Jermaine Clement voiced fart. Oh God! What's what's the what's the bounty hunter's name? Oh, it's like because Nebularian Gary or something like. He's a, he's important too, though. He is. He because is because of what happens to him. But go ahead. But so he Morty accidentally kill. Well, basically kills him to stop him from killing the fart, who he thinks is innocent. But the premise of the episode is Morty goes through more and more crap to try and save this fart who he thinks is innocent and in doing so kills hundreds of people in collateral damage only to find out that the fart was trying to kill all existence on life. So everything Morty had done was was for nothing. nothing. And then Morty ends up having to kill the fart at the end, which is what Nebronomicon Gary at the beginning wanted to do. Right. But it's, brilliant like yeah. that I, I even just hearing that explanation i sit back and i'm like that's so fucking smart man so that good. is so fucking clever and smart um but that also has an amazing musical montage a very david bowie-esque it song does. sung by the fart that <laughs> provides some okay and let's let's use this to segue into another aspect of this show this show is maybe one of the best world building and yes. visually rich shows that I've seen in a long time. Yep. They create species, they create worlds, they create languages, they create all of these very I mean, we talked about it on our Guillermo del Toro episode, but um people have an affinity for things that feel like they exist in a fully fleshed out world. Right. It makes it more attractive. It makes you more, more, uh, you can connect with it as you're watching it. Um, so this show is absolutely stunning when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, and, and, and the, the attention and this, I know, I believe wholeheartedly that this comes from Dan Harmon. But the attention to detail for throwaway gags or what appear to be throwaway gags is amazing. So there's an episode early, early on in Rick and Morty where you're introduced to Bird Person, who is one of Rick's friends. Right. And his friend gets involved in Summer and Morty's life and ends up falling in love and taking away a popular girl from school uh, one of Summer's friends, to another world, his bird person world. Yes. And it's just a throwaway gag at the end of the episode, and it's just sort of the resolution for the plot. And then a season later, the season finale is bird person and that girl's wedding. Yep. And they're all coming together for it. Yeah. It, like, that didn't go away. It wasn't thrown away. And and you and I have talked about Dan Harmon's ability to do that throughout Community. is like throwing in little gags here and there that actually matter later in other episodes. And I can I feel that all through Rick and Morty. For sure. 100, 100%. Um, so, I mean, honestly, we could go on and on and on about this show forever. But because we are not renewed for an additional 70 episodes guaranteed. Not yet. Not yet. Um, and Project people Nerd probably, 
people probably wouldn't want to listen to us for, you know, 70 days straight. No, 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 no. We should Maybe. probably go ahead and make an interdimensional top five Rick and Morty list. I think we should. Let's list. This is where we make a list. The list. List. And here we go, man. This is this is a tough one. Now, this is going to be so hard. Luckily, we're not doing it seven years from now when there are a hundred episodes in existence. Like right now, we've got like twenty-four episodes to choose from. Thirty. Okay. Thirty episodes or thirty-one. Excuse me. You've got season one was 11 episodes, two and three were 10. Okay. So uh, it's still, okay, 31. It's still going to be incredibly hard. Because here's the real truth, everybody. Open up your brain holes and soak this one in. They're all fucking good. Yes. Like, I don't think there has, in my personal opinion, I don't think there has been a misfire episode yet. Like, there are episodes that maybe aren't as funny or as deep as, like, a total recall, but there aren't any that I've watched and been like, they phoned that one in. Nope. They all feel purposeful. Uh, I've got to mention one that's not going to be on my list, but um, scare, uh, Scary Gary episode where they go through, <laughs> the, like, the Inception. The layers? Yeah, their yes. Inception spoof. Fuck. Yes. That episode is crazy and amazing. Okay, so I want to mention one that won't be on my list. Or scary there, Larry, sorry. Scary there Larry. are no, it's Scary Gary. Is it? I'm pretty sure because uh, I have uh, the pop vinyl figure at okay. home. Um, but there, like, there are some episodes that have such amazing, like, one-off scenes or gags that I think are great. But like, okay, Rest and Rixlaxation from the new one. Yes. that's the one where they go to the spa and their evil becomes manifest. But that episode starts with a three-minute-long scene of them cursing and decompressing after a dangerous mission that you don't see that may yes. be one of my favorite things they've ever done on the show, but it it's not like the whole episode, but there are moments like that that are just brilliant. So guys, as we rank our top five, take these with a grain of salt more than some of the other lists we do. This is a definitive list, but this one's hard. This is so fucking hard. And this is a definitive list as of, the end of season three. Correct. I'm sure we haven't we, seen. We'll, season four. we'll reevaluate in a couple years once uh, we have another three or four seasons out. Right. We'll do it again. Um, but as of season three, these are the top five episodes. So I think flat out, you said it. We need to put it on there. I think Total Rickall is absolutely has to be on there. I honestly would say it's pretty damn high. Two that, or one for me. It's, it's one for me. Okay. I think it. I think it has to be up there. Um, um, another uh, one that I love, Anatomy Park. That I was going to mention, Anatomy Park. Now I don't. I, I would say probably maybe four ish on okay. the list. Sure. Like kind of. I don't want to say down near the bottom, but definitely it's. It is one of my favorites. A great uh, John Oliver. Uh, a John Oliver cameo, and just guys, so you know what Anatomy Park is. Uh, Rick has taken a homeless person and built a theme park inside their body using a shrink ray. And it's, it's basically <laughs> the story of Jurassic Park, but with body theme parks. And it's just, it's one of the funniest episodes, even though it may not be as thematically deep as some of the others. Dude, what about, fuck, there's just so many. Uh, Morty's Mind Blowers or, Vin or Vindicators one, 3. 
I would say Morty's Mind Blowers is my think my favorite episode in episode all right episode in season in three. Season three, it's basically Morty or um, Rick extracting painful memories or memories he doesn't want Morty to know about and keeping them in a vault under the house of which Morty finds and releases them all. But you only get like out of context crazy situations. It's a clip ep- it's a clip show. Like it's a For flashback that episode that never happened that you've never seen. Which community did as well by the way. Totally. And so did uh the very underrated Clerks the Animated Series. Oh, right. Their, like, second episode was a clip episode. That's really For funny. things that never existed. So, yeah, Morty's Mind Blowers, I would say, of those two would be on there. I would also, I mean, we've mentioned Pickle Rick. We can talk about that one. I would also like to push for Rick Potion number nine because of how drastically it changed. Like I would almost put that at two or three because of how much of an impact it had, not only on the story, but on the structure of the show as a whole. I will agree with that. Another one that I've got to push for, dude, has got to be interdimensional cable. Yeah. uh, Or um, interdimensional cable two. Either one, they're both fantastic. I probably lean towards interdimensional cable. But we've, I want to make sure we get representation from all seasons, and I feel like we're stacking yeah. it with season one right now. Well, yeah, yeah. T- Total Rickall is, is uh, season is, two. Is season two, which so that's good. Um, Morty's Mind Blowers is season three, but Anatomy Park and Rick Potion Number Nine are both uh, season one. So, I would say Rick Potion Number Nine over Anatomy Park if we had to lose between those two for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think I, I think so, too. So here's what I'd like to propose. So I think you're right. I think Interdimensional Cable is one of the just most brilliant ones that they've done. Um, so let's put that one on there and possibly push off um, Anatomy Park. Yep. Can I, can I ask you a question? I don't remember which episode this is, but which is the episode with um where you first get introduced to evil morty that ooh that one is um i think is that it rixie business maybe because it's the one where you find out that there are ricks all over the universe and each rick has a morty and he gets taken to the rick citadel and they realize that a rick has gone rogue but you find out at the end that it's actually not Rick that's gone rogue. It's the it's his Morty who has been controlling the Rick. And he has that cool reveal where he takes off the eye patch. Let me let me hold on. Let me look that one up. Because that episode also changes the game and very directly ties into the end of season three as well. It does. It does. I think that one is if I if, if the Internet is to be believed I think that one's close Rick counters of the Rick kind. Okay. Cause that episode blew my fucking mind. Yes. And that's, that is, I just looked it up. And the, he has the all the Morty's episode. like strapped to the dome. Because uh, of Morty's like the only thing that he, his devices can't see through. Or right. Whatever. He can like shield himself. It's uh, so fucking twisted and dark. I love it. All right. Well, hold on. Let me put that one on there. Um, where would would you want that above or below Rixty Minutes and Morty's Mind Blowers? Uh, I would say maybe above Morty's Mind Blowers because it more directly ties into the story, but below Rixty Minutes. 
Okay. Well, on no, a, you know what? Rixty Minutes is the is interdimensional cable. cable. No, nope, I think it's got to be number three. Okay. So then, then I think we hold on. We may have our uh, our list then. So let me. I'm actually just right, typing this out. Okay. So if that's what we're doing, we have an honorable mention of number six as for Anatomy Park. We have number five with Morty's Mind Blowers. Number four as Rixty Minutes. And then number three, close Rick counters of the Rick kind. That's Evil Morty. Number two, Rick Potion number nine. That's the Cronenberg one. And the universe destroyed. And then total Rick all with the memory parasites. I think that's fantastic. I think that's as close as we're going to get for now. Because, I mean, honestly, guys, it's like the what about is now going to happen. Well, what about this episode? What about this episode? And you're probably all right. But this is going to be a representation from all seasons that have some of the most iconic moments and some of the best representations of what the show is capable of. Agreed. 100%. So that's it, it, man. So get get out of here, kids. Get out. Hey, hey, Jay. Hey, isn't it? Isn't it crazy how well you and I fit into this universe? Like no one. Nobody knows. No one's going to. No one's going to even like. All we had to do was pick that pinpoint time, and we came back, fucking both of us, stupid we, us. We've been doing this show for, like, like months now. Nobody no has even, no oh, even noticed. Fuck, it's still recording. Oh, goddammit. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on iTunes Stitcher Google Play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Getting recast in your own life? (laughs) Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.